0: A good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron.
1: <laughs> I'm Mr. Lil, Case. Lil
0: Baron, How are you?
1: I'm doing so well. Good. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. It's been a good day so far. It has been a great day. I got to ask you a question. Okay. Do you ever do self-talk? Every morning. Yeah. Oh, do you do? I do. Okay. So I think this is going to be a good one for you. Okay. I'm ready. So most people will say, no, I don't talk to myself, you know, <laughs> but we all talk to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I think, some of us do it more than others. <laughs>
1: <That> <laughs> could be
0: me. <laughs> I'm one of those that does it more than others. I, I find myself talking to myself on awful lot. But uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about the practice that I think that you're alluding to that you practice, and that is positive affirmations. Absolutely. Is that what you do? Yes,
1: every morning. Okay,
0: so that is awesome. I found an article on thehealthy.com. It was written by Nadine Jolie Courtney. It was titled "Do Positive Affirmations Really Work?" Here's what mental health experts think. Oh, good. So this that, is something please. you're doing, yes, right? I so am. you might as well know if it uh, works, right? <laughs> so I want to just start off with being clear on what positive affirmations are. So, okay. So positive affirmations are the practice of repeating empowering, supportive mantras designed to bolster happiness and success. Yes. Does that sound like something yes. that you might uh, be doing right now? Yes. Uh, they're quite popular in uh, as a therapy tool. They range from vision boards and self-talk in the mirror to quiet chants repeated during meditation, so a wide variety to do it. While positive affirmations may have some root in mantras found in religions such as Buddhism and Hinduism, for most of us in modern American culture, positive affirmations are largely secular without a lot of religious overtones or connections. Mm -hmm. I would say that Positive thinking and positive affirmations have become pretty ingrained yeah. in our society, and that's partly explains why there's a lot of great, you know, very valuable self help books that right. regularly top the list of of best selling lists, those kinds of things. However, for skeptics, it sometimes almost sounds too good to be I true, know. right? I all know. you have to do is just repeat a bunch of positive <laughs> words, and all your hopes and dreams come true, right?
1: Right. So here,
0: so here's the question: Do positive affirmations actually really work? And the fact is, Lil. That many healthcare experts believe that, yes, positive affirmations actually do have clear benefits, not to mention scientific grounding.
1: Good. I'll keep doing them. You
0: keep on doing them because they're good for you. All right. In 2016, (laughs) a a study published in the Annals of Behavioral Medicine, they found that optimism and self-affirmation were associated with both a lower likelihood of cognitive impairment and also a greater positive effect, including coping, goal achievement, and better health among cancer survivors. Now, I just want to emphasize this. When we talk about cognitive impairment, we're talking about dementia, right. Alzheimer's, those kinds of things. So anything we can do to avoid that kind of <laughs> right. stuff, I think, is a good thing. And if positive affirmation is one of those things, it ought to be one that we consider, right? Yeah, absolutely. Peggy Fitzsimmons, who is a psychologist and author of Release create a clutter-free and soul-driven life, she also agrees that there's evidence that positive affirmations work. The thoughts we think determine our emotions, the energy we exude, and the actions we take. When we affirm a thought enough times, it becomes a belief, she Mm. says. And I think there's something to that. Mm -hmm. Really quickly, a couple of ways that we can apply positive affirmations in our lives, okay? Okay. Affirmations are a way to create mind-body changes. So you might try the following. First, use short positive statements. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can also create affirmations or should create affirmations in the present tense. Yes, I do. I am. I enjoy. I love, Etc. cetera. Say the change that you seek for yourself. Is this sounding familiar? you're doing uh-huh. some of these things? <laughs> uh, you can also type and print the or print the affirmation, posting them where you'll see them to re- reinforce the change and your positive thinking. You should choose one to two affirmations to say and repeat and write them 25 times a day for at least a week and then choose a new affirmation. Oh wow, just a just an exercise that yeah. you could try. Uh, I, here's the thing. I want to emphasize positive affirmations are not the cure-all. No. I mean, if you if you've had some trauma or anxiety, depression, those kinds of things, you want to, you know, include additional tools. Yes. But for many of us, right, positive affirmations can be helpful. Yes, they can. So something to consider and continue. think about. You should continue. <laughs> I have not been doing that, but I might start. You should. <laughs> so today's while you're doing yoga while I'm doing yoga. Oh yeah, <laughs> boy, that's a whole other whole other topic. Whole other topic. Our guest today, Lil. is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan has been in the health and fitness field for over 15 years. He has trained all different populations, including athletes, adults, individuals with chronic pain, as well as those coming back from an injury. He's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a movement coach, fitness and movement educator, as well as a dedicated practitioner. Health is his passion and movement is his practice. Jonathan, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Yes.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. (laughs) Oh, it's a pleasure. So we got to ask positive affirmations. Is that a practice that you employ?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you have, you have to, you have to realize that the mind and the body aren't separate. They're they're one entity, right? So whatever we think and what we can um, reinforce in that thought process through verbalization and positive affirmation will not only help our minds, but it can also have a, you know, a real, you know, change on our physical well-being as well.
0: I, I love that, and the the more that we do this show, and the more that we talk with experts like yourself, Jonathan, the more it is clear to me how connected. Our minds and our bodies are, and, and our and our brains and our bodies too. And, right. and when I'm when talking about mind, I'm kind of referring to these this concept of positive thinking and positive thoughts. Brain is more, you know, the the actual physical makeup and structure of your brain. But man, whatever you do that's good for your body, that's good for your heart, that's good for your lungs, it's also good for your brain. It's right. good for your mind. It's good for that cognitive uh, wellness as well as you know, your, your muscles and your just overall fitness, overall wellness. So uh, definitely a connection. I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, you've heard of this term before, but there's something called neuroplasticity and it's a very encouraging term because we know, you know, that, you know, our neurology is plastic. It can actually, uh, you know, reform as, you know, a, a bottled water reforms with heat, you know? So it's like the more that we can pursue, you know, trying to, you know, it broaden those neural pathways. You know, with positive affirmation is only a benefit to our daily life and function.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, I love it. Yeah. Today we're gonna to shift gears just a little bit and and focus maybe a little bit more on the physical aspect of things, even though that that mental and cognitive aspect mm-hmm. is so important. Um, you you have said something, Jonathan. You've said that there's a there's a problem with exercise. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Because I think, you know, generally speaking, we're all like, oh, no, exercise is a good thing, right? But what, when you say there's a problem with exercise, walk us through what your thought process is
1: there. Yeah, well, you know, before uh, everybody shuts off because they love to exercise. <laughs> I, I right? shutting off here. <laughs> I do want to preface my comment where there is obviously tremendous benefits to exercise, you know, from the standpoint of cardiovascular health muscular strength, um, cognitive clarity, you know, and and the research shows that that's very clear. I I think, you know, from, you know, and I'll just share my perspective and my kind of, you know, walk through life and, uh, you know, this, this, this kind of journey through fitness for me is, you know, unfortunately, you know, we live kind of in a, in a world of, you know, lots of fear, uh, danger, uncertainty, Um, you know, and we have to ask ourselves a very fundamental question, like where, you know, in myself, can I, you know, affect change? Like there are many things, obviously circumstances, the weather <laughs> that we have no say over. Right. But we have to ask ourselves that fundamental question is like, how, what tools do I have at my disposal, you know, to live well and to thrive. And, you know, when you, when you look at those basic kind of building blocks of life, um, it, it's not rocket science you know you have you have sleep right you have clean food you have clean water you have clean air and then you come to this big broad topic of movement you know our bodies were designed to move you know every joint in our body is mobile so you know that that my body immediately communicates that it has an ability there an inherent ability um, to explore this wonderful world of movement you know the older I get, uh, you know, I find myself um, being envious, progressively, um, of my children. You know, because they, uh, you know, and the reason being is that you know they're they're expressing life through movement. You know, they have um, total liberality, total freedom in their bodies. Um, you know, to explore, to play, and you know, if we can all remember back to when we were kids, that's you know that was part of our very development. You know, and you and you look at a newborn. Um, You know, many times you hear, oh, you know, the parents taught that child to 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 walk as an example. However, you know, the parents didn't teach that child anything. It was the child that taught the child how to walk. Right. And it's you know, it's movement, uh, you know, and movement complexity um, and progressive kind of problem solving and challenges, you know, are innate in our overall neural and physical development. You know, we go from simply lifting our head to. Rolling patterns to crawling or quadruped movements to eventually, you know, standing up or you know, and then we get more locomotive in our our walking and then eventually running. So you know, the the concept of movement, you know, is is innate within us. I think you know, again, getting back to the topic of the problem with exercise is that unfortunately, the older we get and uh, you know, as we pursue. <laughs> Careers and and education or you know life in general yeah just life in general we tend to lose uh, to lose that simplicity and to lose that um, you know that exploration if you will of you know different movement patterns so you know from that standpoint we know and you know whether it's our doctor or you know the things that we read or just that you know that innate uh, knowing that we should move. Um, We, you know, we then begin to try to, you know, supplement that lack of movement with exercise. Right. And again, the benefits are numerous and, you know, kudos if you're doing that, continue to do it. However, you know, my perspective that, you know, I've kind of witnessed over the years is that, you know, exercise almost becomes an excuse not to move throughout the rest of the day. You know, it's kind of like our. Have you ever getting, felt that way, Lil? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I Am I hitting the hammer on the head there? Yeah. <laughs> get a little close to home yeah. here, John. Don't want to get too close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, from that, from that standpoint, we have, you know, our to-do list, right? And we live, you know, in very high levels of stress, you know, a long hours at work. And some of those things, you know, obviously can't be controlled, um, you know, so we kind of compartmentalize, well, I got to work out. But, you know, kind of let's dissect that a little bit. So let's say we can get to the gym maybe two to three times a week. Let's be very generous and say an hour. So we got, you know, three great hours of exercise, Unfortunately, what are you doing with the other 165 hours of that week, you know? And mm-hmm. again, unfortunately, a lot of that time is spent by just being sedentary, you know, um, in this that seated position, whether at work or at home. Uh, and, you know, in, on, yeah, the I constantly use this term, you know, nowadays it's like sitting in fact is the new smoking because there's incredible detriment to all your systems by, you know, that prolonged setting. So anyway, you know, with the problem with exercise, we have to kind of broaden our perspective a little bit. And, you know, kind of alluding back to that neuroplasticity where yeah. we have to kind of try to start to change our minds a little bit on, you know, this concept of, you know, movement as a part of our lifestyle, not just, you know, a, a check mark on, you know, a to-do list, but something that we can begin to learn. And that's progressive, right? We have to learn um, how to incorporate movement throughout our day. Um, you know, based on the many benefits that we're going to derive. I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're so right. I've definitely heard that, that phrase sitting is the new smoking. And again, as we learn more about just how detrimental mm-hmm. lack of motion is in our lives, it just affects everything from our brains to our bodies. Um, you know, there's, there's got, we get, we've got to figure this out. Like yeah. we've just got to figure this out. So, so ideas like knowing it is, is as uh, GI Joe, I believe said half the battle. Right. <laughs> but what do you do beyond that? Like, I think, I think generally speaking, we all know we sit too much. Right. right. But why and how, first of all, why do we not, why does that not translate to behavior knowing it? And, and how can we like, what's the next step? How do we get to that point where we're like, yeah, I, I've got to move. Movement is my thing.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a great fundamental question, right? It's like at the end of the day, we have to, you know, where to go with any information that we receive. Um, you know, it, it, you kind of answer your question. It's like we sit all day, so what should we do? Well, I would start with not sitting all day, right? Okay. So we can very easily evolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> <Stand up. laughs> wow, rocket science, right? We can very easily, you know, if you're if you're working at, you know, a desk, a cubicle or as many people are. I know it's very popular, but, you know, standing desk as an example is, is a great, you know, um, you know, just uh, alternative, you know, to switch your positions. Because, again, you know, like think about what movement does, you know, movement um, is is so varied and is so vast as far as its benefits goes. From oxygenation to all your cells, right? To cognitive clarity, it 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 can boost um, lubrication, decrease inflammation in joints and muscles, and so on. So when we begin to think about movement, as an example, going back to you know kind of that that concept of you know moving as we're younger. Take right. the deep squat for example. Now you know there's kind of pros and cons. It's like you know should I squat? past 90 degrees. A lot of people say it's bad for the knees and I don't want to go, you know, past that kind of chair height. However, my rebuttal to that is, well, you started in a deep squat as a child, right? And then you have to ask the question, when did I lose it? You know, and it's like, as an example, you know, the deep squat requires, you know, uh, a deep mobilization of your ankles um, and your knees and your hips, all those things that we tend to have a lot of pain in um, that I deal with every day in clientele that has various issues and injuries. We just start remedially try to work on deep squatting. Now that might sound very daunting. It hurts possibly, Mm -hmm. but you got to remember too, outside of your body weight, you're not loaded. So we're not talking about you know, having a 300 pound back squat and going all the way to the floor here, we're just talking about simple body weight squat. So I would say you can start by simply holding on to something, right? By holding on to something such as, obviously it has to be stable, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, some kind of couch or pole or something of that nature. If you have kind of fitness apparatus like a TRX or something of that nature, you can just start by slowly trying to Push your weight back into your heels and try to progressively put weight in that hip. Now, you got to realize that just like everything else, this is going to be a process of adaptation. You know, your body adapts to whatever you do to it, whether it's sitting on the couch or it's vigorous exercise. It's amazing that way. But, you know, it's slow, incremental movement. It's slow, incremental steps in which to gain a deep squat. The benefits are numerous. There's been shown, you know, deep squat can help overall digestion because of the the depth of the squat, the gravitational pull on, you know, within your intestines, not to get, you know, too graphic there, (laughs) Um, but uh, as well as, you know, deep knee compression. So as we're in a deep squat our knees are compressed. When we stand out of that, you get a sudden blood shunting to that specific joint. It can both flush byproducts, you know, and waste and help inflammation as an example. So, um, you know, I would really start with uh, exploring the deep squat, nothing fancy, um, but just try to accumulate time there, you know, go for, I'm gonna accumulate maybe 10 minutes in a week of a deep squat, you know, and do maybe one to two minutes a day. Uh, And then work up to where, you know, um, you know, you're doing three, four minutes. When I first started, um, you know, I was very athletic, very physical, but I had a lot of knee and hip issues. Um, I couldn't after about a minute or two, my ankles would burn, my knees would hurt. Um, But after doing it, you know, I'm now preferring it as like a resting position as an example. And now I'm in, you know, like 20, 25 minutes of in a deep squat, no big deal, you know, but that was a process of adaptation. So again, you know, just start with that, simply trying to find time to move during your day.
0: And, uh, you know, something like, like what you're talking about, a, a deep squat. And I also, I just want to clarify when you're talking about a deep squat, you're not talking about repetitions of squats. You're saying get in the position and then hold that position.
1: Right. Absolutely. So it would just be basically a resting position okay. where your hips are trying to break that 90 degree plane. If you think about the sitting posture, yeah. most of our lower body joints, if not all are at like stuck at that 90 degree kind of position. Right. So we're going to try to plunge that depth and break through that, uh, you know, that comfortability there, um, and try to get a little bit deeper. Yeah.
0: And so I I love that. And I love the idea as well that you could do that anywhere. You you know, if if you're at work and you work in a, in an office job, Lil and I, that's, that's our Uh lives. That's our days right now. Let's, Uh let's be honest. Um, There's no reason why you couldn't, you know, stand up and then practice adapting to this deep squat. And like you said, take a a couple of minutes a day where you're working at it and then build it up to something that goes a little bit beyond that. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, I even try to, you know, shock people such as, If I'm at, as an example, a Starbucks in a long line, I'll drop into a deep squat, you know, and people look at me like I'm insane or I'm picking up a corner (laughs) off the floor. But no, it's like, you're exactly right. It's like, we have to remove the excuses, you know? And I think so much of the time, so much of our inability to keep it is we have, you know, so many excuses and we have to slowly again, neuroplasticity here, change our mindsets that you know, exercises for a gym, but movement is for everywhere, you know, in your in your office, in your house, in your park, maybe in a Starbucks, drop into that deep squat and impress somebody, you know? <laughs> awesome. I love They're it. Get, to impress them. <laughs> yeah, <scare> them. <laughs> Give
0: us one more. Deep squat's a big one. That sounds like a great one. What's another one that we could do that we could just incorporate into our lives?
1: Yeah, I, you know, uh, it's, there, there are so many, I think, you know, another one that comes to mind, and this might sound again, a little more daunting, you got to get a little more creative as far as like an office setting, but I would say simple hanging. So, you know, the, you know, the position of hanging, like, think about, you know, what that's doing, like, again, going back to our sitting example we're staying in a constantly kind of like rounded, flexed position. Yeah. So in that position, our shoulders, our scapula, our thoracic spine, they, they tend to get what's called, you know, almost like casted in a position to where they can't move. So then like take example, like just simply reaching for a glass in uh in, you know, a cabinet, you know, and it's, it might be difficult because we have never put our arms overhead. There's a lot of complexity there although it seems very simple. So I would, you know, I would really encourage, um, you know, whether again, a little bit of creative here, um, you know, whether there's a, a branch or a post or something, but, you know, obviously, you know, if you have never hung before in kind of just a straight extended overhead position, it's going to be very challenging, but keep your feet on the ground. You know, it's, it's, again, it's all about slow adaptation. You know, when we think about overall, you know, fitness and physical adaptation, we always think about muscle the muscle, obviously, you know, we have over 400 skeletal muscles on our body that that's going through a process of adaptation and strength. Um, but something that we don't think about is, you know, we have what's called fascia all over our body. And it's this right. Spider-Man like web that's connecting everything. And that adaptation for any, you know, for like a muscle, it, you know, it's roughly like eight to 12 weeks to overall adaptation. Connective tissue because it has less, you know, it's uh, less blood flow to it as muscle. It can take 200 to 210 days for adaptation. So, you know, tensile wow. strength in your tendons, your ligaments, your fascia take a lot longer. So, I say that in encouragement to be able to take time, right? But yeah. again, going back to, you know, the overhead hanging uh, as an example, just keep both feet on the ground, you know, whether it's again a branch, a pole, something in the park. Um, And then progressively, you know, try to move one foot, you know, and, and put a little bit more load. And you'll find that as you're in that overhead position, the scapula in the back, you know, begins to upwardly rotate and begin to move. And um, we want that free flowing movement through the scap via the rib cage to, you know, that smooth kind of gliding again, sitting causes them to not move in a hanging position, it's beginning to force through gravity, natural movement through that scap. It can alleviate shoulder issues. It can alleviate, you know, thoracic, um, you know, outlet syndrome and a lot of different things that we struggle with, you know, in this upper body portion.
0: Jonathan, great advice. A couple of things again, that I think all of us could in one way or another, even with maybe the need for a little bit of creativity, just uh, apply, in our lives. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, uh, That's the time that we've got to visit with you, but we're grateful for absolutely. your time and for your expertise. And uh, maybe we can have you back another time and explore some additional concepts <laughs> about this idea of movement.
1: I would absolutely love it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank
0: you. Awesome. Lil.
1: Yes. That, that was, was good. stuff. That was good.
0: Yeah, that was good stuff. So just to wrap us up here, a couple of things, just a couple of reminders. We're still looking for nominations of change makers. Mm-hmm. These are people who are really making a difference in the world. Of course, this is part of our 50 over 50 initiative, so they need to be over the age of 50. But if right. you know someone who's making a difference that needs to be recognized, a school teacher, a, a firefighter, a first responder, um, just a volunteer, someone who's just making a difference, we want to hear about them. Visit right. the 50 over 50 dot care, mm-hmm. hit that nominate button and then let us know all about it. We also want to remind people that registration
1: for the Huntsman
0: World Senior Games opens on March 1st. It's just a few days away. Put that on your calendar. You can check out all the schedules, the rules, the dates, as well as our COVID-19 plan, Mm -hmm. which we do have in place to keep us all safe at SeniorGames.net. You can also register there as well. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe anywhere the podcasts are found. You can also, or if you also are listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash theactivelife. You can, of course, find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Once again, that is seniorgames.net, so check that out. Bill, today's inspirational thought. Okay. This comes from the great Michael Jordan. Ooh. You ever heard of him? Uh. <laughs> Incidentally, he uh, had a birthday yesterday.
1: Oh. So
0: happy birthday to Michael Jordan. He says, I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying.
1: Oh.
0: I thought that's good advice. Very good. Until next Thursday, stay active.